together this morning, join me in your Bibles or on your Bible apps as we first hear these words from the 126th Psalm. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the water courses of the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. And receive these selected verses from the letter of James, taken from the second chapter, beginning with the eighth verse. You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs? What is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Receive what the Spirit is saying. And now let us pray together. Come, Almighty, to deliver. Let us all thy life receive. Suddenly return and never, never more thy temples leave. Thee we would be always blessing. Serve thee as thy host above, praying and praising thee without ceasing. We glory in your perfect love. Bless this time of reflection. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O God, for you and you alone are my strength. You alone are our redeemer. Amen. Today is a significant day in the history of Foundry United Methodist Church. It is a day we enter into truly a new season of life. Joining in-person worship here at the corner of 16th and P Street Northwest in Washington, D.C. with a robust online congregation gathered near and far. It's a new day. It's a new way. It's a beautiful gift and we give thanks to God. Amidst the ongoing pandemics of COVID and systemic racism and environmental degradation and poverty and violence, we together by God's grace have persevered over 18 months. We've persevered physically distant 
but what? Spiritually connected. Some have been able to stay more connected. Some have felt it difficult to remain so, and yet today we begin again. A new season, a new day, a new way. Together, over these many months, we've suffered so many things. We've suffered, many of us, job losses and insecurity. We've suffered virtual school. Now, I imagine maybe some have loved it. Have they? I don't know. Virtual school has been a challenge for so many families and teachers and administrators. We've suffered family stresses. We've suffered the deaths of loved ones and have not been able to gather and give thanks to God in person for their lives. We've suffered a steady stream of uproar and response, calling to mind and calling for justice following the murder of George Floyd, our hearts continually broken by more and more news of the same kind of violence. We have suffered isolation and we've suffered waves of grief and of depression and of languishing. We've suffered an assault on our home city, this nation's capital. Our own people among those hunkered down behind doors fearing for their lives. We have suffered denominational stalemate and churn We've suffered political strife that seeps into everything at every level. We have suffered and we're coming back today bearing those scars and that weight. And there may have been moments along the way when we doubted that this day would ever come. This day when together we reconnect to this sacred space and to the holy sacrament of communion shared here. This day when we reconnect to these beautiful gifts, whether we're here in the sanctuary or in any place else, And like the psalmist sings in Psalm 126, this restoration may feel like a dream, like a dream. Our mouths are filled with laughter, our tongues with shouts of joy. God has brought us through we don't show up rejoicing because we have no scars, because we have no grief, that we're not bearing weight. We are rejoicing because God has brought us through, has brought us through so much, has been for us life-giving water all along the way, has set us down at this place of turning toward the new stretch of journey that lies ahead. We don't rejoice because the work is done, or because the journey will have no obstacles. We rejoice because God has restored us to one another in the flesh. And I pray, restored to our shared task of being and becoming 
God's dream for Foundry Church as we continue to lean into the challenges and the opportunities of being the church of the 21st century and the Foundry Church for our third century as a congregation. Today we come home. We come home to love. The image at the heart of our homecoming theme is from that psalm that Matt read for us, Psalm 126. The image is of the farmer who goes out weeping, but with life-giving seed to sow, and then returns home with the harvest rejoicing, carrying the sheaves of grain. Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of the psalm acknowledges Israel's joy over restoration in the past and then says this, and I love this paraphrase, now God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives so those who planted their crops in despair will shout yes at the harvest. So those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessing. That last line strikes me in such a heart place, a heart place. Those who come, went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessing. I wonder what blessings we're coming home with today. What have you brought with you today, a blessing from the wilderness places? Perhaps over this time you have learned new things about yourself, Perhaps you have learned how strong you really are. Perhaps you've learned your limit. Perhaps you've learned your deep fear, your capacities, what you're capable of, your priorities. Maybe got a little sharper. Perhaps we have gained, I pray that we've gained deeper compassion or awareness of the systemic struggles and injustice in our society. Maybe you've met God in new ways or had an experience of God's mercy that has expanded your capacity for faith, hope, or love. What blessings are you bringing as we come home? One of the things I've heard so often these many months is how much persons have yearned to be back in this space, this space, this sacred space, to be re-engaged in the vital ministries we share. And I have, over my seven years at Foundry, tried with regularity to remind all of us to look around, to experience, and to not take what we experience as this Foundry family for granted. I pray that as we come home, we bring a renewed awareness and appreciation for who Foundry is in all of our lives and what Foundry means to our community 
into the larger world. The psalm is clear that God's grace is at work in the whole process of restoration and of sustenance. But notice that it's not God who's carrying the seeds to plant them. Who does that piece of work? That is the people's work. That is our work. We bear the seed for sowing. We have to do something. The epistle makes it quite clear from James, who's always very straight shooting. (laughs) He says, if a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, eat your fill, and yet you do not help to supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? God is always active, always gives us what we need, gives us resources, gives us gifts. But what do we do with what we are given? There's a well-known story about this thing. Many of you will know it. There was a, a preacher driving down a country road when he came upon the most beautiful farm he'd ever seen. The houses were in good repair. It was like one of those perfect farms in Pennsylvania, Pastor T.C., right? So the just beautiful farms, the buildings were in good repair, they were well painted, there was beautiful gardens all around the property, gorgeous trees lining a white gravel driveway, and over on one side there was the big planted field with very carefully tilled rows, big healthy looking cows in a field with grass up to their whatever the equivalent of their elbows would be. And the preacher grew up on a farm and had never seen anything to match the beauty of this place. He couldn't help but he pulls over, he gets out of his car and just looks at it a while. And as he was sitting there, the farmer draws near on the tractor and and as she gets close, she calls out and she's like, hey friend. Preacher says, well hello friend. God has certainly blessed you with a magnificent farm. And the the farmer paused a minute, kind of took in the scene around her pride and joy. And she looked at the preacher and said, yes, God certainly has and we are grateful. But you really should have seen this place when God was managing it alone. As we begin this new stretch of the journey, what will we, what will you do to create, to cultivate the community and the future that is God's dream for us? Faithfulness and justice and bounty and harvest and health and joy, these things do not just happen, we have to do something, we have to do our part. It doesn't just appear, these gifts, because we talk about them, think about them, have good, t- good intentions about them, say a prayer about them, and then continue to scroll through our phone or through the TV channels. We have to respond to God's grace and not squander God's provision. 
We have to show up however we can with whatever blessings we're bringing and do something. And here's the thing, whatever you do will reap something. Something. What you reap depends upon what you sow. I don't know what you have to plant to get a yodeling cucumber. What we reap depends upon what kinds of seeds we plant. When, as Psalm 26 says, we sow in tears, when things in and around our lives are so painful and complicated and heavy, it's easy to plant seeds of despair, cynicism and disappointment and anger and backbiting and impatience, division. We can, intentionally or not, be like the one in Jesus' parable who sows weeds among the wheat. But we are given grace. We are given what we need to plant good seeds, even in hard times. Our epistle text reminds us what to plant. You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And in more recent years, I would call them modern times, if you count the late 1980s as modern and recent, which I most certainly do, and you should have known this first big Sunday back that I would be quoting something from the 80s, right? Well, back, back in uh, the late 1980s, there was a band of prophets called Tears for Fears who sang a song about sowing the seeds of love. Do any of you remember this song? Do you know the song? Ben knows the song. Jackie knows the song. It's a bit of an earworm, if you know it. Ben loves me to give him an earworm, so I'm going to sing it. <laughs> Sowing the seeds of love, the seeds of love. Sowing the seeds of love. Do you remember this? The seeds of love, the seeds of love. Sowing the seeds of love. Some of the lyrics, at the end of the song, I believe in love power. I believe in love power. Sowing the seeds of love to end all need and the politics of greed with love. Today we come home to once again receive the love of God, but we also come home to share the love of God with others. We come home to love. So what seeds are you planting? Go out among all the people with whom you dwell, come in, come home, among this people called Foundry, in these continuing times of challenge and change, 
and bear seeds of love, God will bless the harvest and will bring us home again and again to be restored to one another and to change the world by love's power. And our mouths will be filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. May it be so, amen.